It's branding time. Yes, we hear that word all the time. They talk about a channel brand, a channel identity, a personal brand, personal identity, logos, colors, uh, all of those things. Well, do we care? I mean, at the end of the day, we're just YouTubers trying to make cool content for our audience to get a bunch of subscribers and more views. Is branding super important even for us YouTubers? Well, it turns out that it really, really is. Let's dive into it and tell you what it's all about. Welcome to Tube Talk, the show dedicated to helping you become a better video creator so you can get more views, subscribers, and build your audience. Brought to you by vidIQ. Download for free at vidIQ.com. All right, welcome to another episode of Tube Talk. I am your host. My name is Liron Segev. I am a tech blogger, a YouTuber, just like you. I'm also the director of customer success here at vidIQ. And every day I deal with creators big and small, helping with strategy and how-to, tips and tricks, how to grow their channel. And that is what the show is all about. And today we have a very, very exciting show for you. I've got my good friend Phil Palin on the line with us, who is a London-based brand strategist. His work has been featured in CNN, Excess Hollywood, Entertainment Tonight, the Daily Mail, a whole bunch more. He's worked with brands across all industries, including one of the sharks on Shark Tank. He just won't tell me which one. He's also worked with politicians, Nobel Peace Prize winner. I mean, you know, as you do. And he speaks at conferences around the world, including Tokyo, Dubai, Auckland, Helsinki, Los Angeles. I told you I'm connected. Phil, thank you for making a time to be here with us. Thank you so much. I love um, any excuse to have a conversation with you. You know you're one of my favorite people. And you also know I don't just say that to anyone. That's not like my standard <laughs> greeting. That really is something I say. And I just enjoy any conversation with you. So I'm happy to be here. Well, Phil's the best. And, you, and, and you'll find out why now. The knowledge that this man has is just ridiculous. So Phil, for people who don't know you, who is Phil in a tweet? What would you say? Phil in a tweet. I am a... Uh, London-based brand strategist that helps people and companies position, build, and promote themselves. So there's your tweet. I think I used up most of my characters. Mind you, they, they increased the... Uh, they yeah, the, increased the character the, count. <laughs> exactly. So I get one more sentence. But I, yeah, I work around the world. Clients mm -hmm. all over around the world. All different kinds of industries. But the process is very much the same, right? You have to position yourself or revisit the positioning of, of, of what you're doing, who you are, why people should care. You know, once you feel good about how your brand is positioned, you move on to build. So you build something to show for it, photography, brand identity, your website, um, social profiles. And then finally, how do we stick the first sale sign out front of the house? How do we sell what you've worked really hard to position and build? And that's social media. That's, you know, um, PR, if you want oh, that, or, you know, any kind of growth strategy, any of that kind of stuff that, mm -hmm. that sells you. So that's typically the process. So let's peel back this onion slowly and start with the beginning and the top level question, which I hear all the time is what is branding? And is there a, how important is branding for a YouTuber? Okay, so everyone defines, or I should say industry experts define branding differently, which makes it a valid question to ask and a potentially confusing one to understand or to answer. So people like uh, Jeff Bezos, for example, I love his definition. 
He says your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. Mm. Um, whereas Cheryl, someone like Cheryl Sandberg, I'm not as crazy about how she defines branding. She says, I don't have a brand, but I do have a voice, you know, making the assumption that your brand is something artificial or contrived. I, I adamantly disagree with that perspective. My definition is a combination of things, but really to make this make sense, we keep things simple. Branding is your control over the first impression you give others online. And the wow. best branding recreates the in-person experience. There should be nothing artificial about it. Doesn't mean it can't look good. Doesn't mean your Instagram photos, your graphics on YouTube can't look great. But all we're trying to do is take what makes you in real life so great. We're trying to take what makes you great in person and recreate that on the web so it feels like technology is not so much sitting in the way between you and me. Very simple. Very simple, but very eye-opening. I mean, it, it's, we have to get away from this whole branding is for big brands, branding is, for, is about beautiful logos. It's not just that. If you're a YouTuber or if you have some sort of an online personality, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, whatever the platform is, it's you. And you have to remove any of those barriers between you and the audience. And I love what you said. It's, it's kind of translating that to your online persona in the most genuine way. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. If you think of it, I actually think it's much easier to connect with someone in real life than it is online. People who understand YouTube or understand social media as a means of growth or building a, a, a base or becoming an influencer, that's amazing uh, because I think it's much harder to do that online than it is to do it in person. If we're together mm -hmm. in real life, I, I, you're made up of two things. You're made up of content, what you tell me, personality how you tell it to me. So when we start to deconstruct this, which is what I do as a brand strategist, start to understand the specifics attached to each one of those. Um, when we start to deconstruct that, we understand that that's what makes you different. That's what makes you interesting. We can't sell content alone. Mm -hmm. We can't sell what you say on its own right? That's like mm -hmm. going to YouTube and typing in a question. How do I put this thing together? Or, or which, which camera should I buy? Or which whatever tripod? It's like, if I'm just typing in the question, you know, that's me seeking out content to answer a question. And I don't really care where I get it from. Whereas when we start to use personality as your competitive advantage, if you've integrated that in your response, right, to that video or whatever comes up, then that keeps me interested in you and that keeps me coming back for more. So the real, the kind of the art of this as it relates to YouTube, let's say, for this conversation, it's how do we use the latter? How do we use personality as a way to keep them coming back for more and not just give content, content, content? Because content's great, but it's an unlimited resource online, right? right? The resource that we're chasing is people's time and attention span and personality, I would argue, is your competitive advantage. It's your secret sauce. Boom, right there. Because that's, that's what we all struggle with. Where a lot of us with how-to channels, I have a tech channel, as you know, and that is something I struggle with. I give you the information. Hey, 10 tips about the latest phone. Fine. Once you know that, why would you come back again? Because you now know what you need to do. Hmm. Okay. See, already value. I am making frantic notes. This is exactly what happens every time <laughs> Phil speaks. And this is the and problem. It gives me homework. Listen, 
Listen, the same thing happens when I have a five-minute conversation with you. I already have a page full of notes. So this is payback, honey. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about, um, about the process, I suppose. So to guide me through this. So now, now that you've just shaken my world and I've thought, okay, man, am I doing this wrong? Where do I start? What do I need to do? It's pretty overwhelming because it's like, where do you even start? Typically, I tell people, uh, revisit the positioning, you know, or start from scratch. Sometimes people are building something, a brand new idea, concept, a product, a service um, from scratch. That's great. Or we're taking something that already exists and revisiting the positioning. The most important thing is looking at your goals. What is it you're trying to achieve, right? If you, it's like, it's like real estate. Uh, you said analogy a lot. If you take a house to market without a roof, you're only going to get a fraction of the value that you really deserve. Um, you've got to be crystal clear on what your goals are. That's where you need to spend time marinating your brain on what is it I'm trying to achieve? Where do I want to go with all of this? We can't be on social media to just exist, right? It needs to be with purpose. So um, I usually give people this formula. What is something you love to do paired with something others need and are willing to spend money on. So something you do for yourself as a hobby, that's great. Something you get enjoyment out of, but it's not necessarily something people want or need. And therefore you're not really going to position yourself for growth or engagement mm -hmm. or eyeballs. So for the few extra, you know, seconds and minutes it takes, think and do some very basic market research. What is it I love to do paired with something others need. For me, this was early on the realization that I could specialize in personal branding because there were people who needed help making sense of all of this in a, in a very smaller, you know, kind of scope. So there were agencies helping companies build their brands, but there weren't a lot of people, this was 2011, there weren't a lot of people specializing in people, personal brands. And that's mm. all I've ever done because that was my niche. That was the less crowded room I decided to walk in and build my reputation. So think about that. What is it you love to do paired with something others need and are willing to pay for, ideally, right? Because if it's something they need and they're willing to pay for, then you're going to have a lot easier time growing and marketing yourself without having to actually pay to get eyeballs to you. Wow. Okay, so we spoke about branding, but actually branding doesn't start with what color, what's my brand identity, that's, that's not even on the radar yet. You're saying it's actually much bigger than that. Branding is all your overall image, it's what you want to achieve, where do you want to be, what's the roadmap to get there, will they spend money and buy your stuff, whatever that stuff is, but all of this is part of a branding process, right? Yes, exactly. Like I don't, even if someone's not selling a physical product, I still want people to think of themselves as a business. I use the terms business and brand interchangeably, truly, because hmm. I just think like, even if you're building a YouTube channel out of a hobby, then you still need to give some thought to what other people want. What do people want? Otherwise, why are you building something that is not going to be useful or, or exciting, 
for others. It makes no sense. It is worse than an uphill battle. It's like <laughs> staring at a wall and thinking like, it's just not productive. Like, right. don't we all want to move in the direction where we can do something for a living that we absolutely love? How many YouTubers aspire to do it full time? Mm-hmm. You know, we look at the very small handful of people realistically that are able to do that. I just think people need to think of themselves as businesses. Even if we're building a YouTube channel or a brand around a hobby, I think it's incredibly important to think of yourself as a business. Every good business satisfies a need. You know, before we try and do everything under the sun, Starbucks, we sell Frappuccinos, we sell, you know, in Mm -hmm. some locations, alcohol or food, all these things. In the beginning, Starbucks sold coffee. They did one thing well. Well, that's arguable. We could argue. (laughs) However, it's a brand. And, it, you know, all those things along with a brand, right? We, we satisfy a need like every good business does. And even if your, your YouTube channel is based on a hobby, like, wouldn't we love to, to, to move in the direction of doing this full time? You know, there's just a small right. handful of people realistically that do that. Um, if we want to move in that direction, then we've got to be really smart about how we, how we do it. I absolutely echo that as well. I speak to so many creators who never ever thought that this would be a business, but it became a business. People typically realize a little bit too late in the game that, hold on, running a YouTube channel or running any online profile actually has real-world costs associated with it. You have your gear, you have your conferences, you've got travel, you've got coffee meetings. These all come out of your pocket. Well, can I do lots of things or should I just do one thing well? What are your thoughts? Mm, I love this question. This one comes up a lot. Um, the latter, do one thing really well. Because when you're a generalist, and um, I kind of shudder when people say, yeah, I, I'm a generalist. I do a little bit of everything. And it's like, well, that's not interesting. So you gotta, <laughs> it's not, you know, you got to find something, the, something specific that allows you to break, that allows you to become known or build your reputation for being the guy or the girl to call for that particular thing. Once you break, you get to do whatever you want, right? Um, Pierce Morgan uh, didn't stay a judge on Pop Idol forever, right? He, he, you know, or even Mm -hmm. Simon Cowell, for example, his public persona, um, you know, he wasn't a judge forever. You, you, you can do whatever you want once you build that reputation once you break, right? And it's very interesting to look. If you look at your competitors, your brand heroes, and you look and see what, you know, what was it they did in the beginning that should give you inspiration. Every instance, it's someone that does something really well or becomes known for one particular thing. And then you earn the ability to expand and sell Frappuccinos. But in the very beginning, I need you to be really good at one thing uh, to, to, to move in that direction successfully. Wow. And this is, this is exactly what the YouTube algorithm does as well. It's, you know, at the beginning, it used to be about variety. You had a variety channel. You could do cooking today, travel with Phil tomorrow. You could do um, your latest phone the next day. And YouTube loved you because you just created content. But YouTube is so moving in a direction of we're the platform. You'd just be the one channel that does sports. And that is quite an important message because a lot of us struggle with that. I, I can't be pigeonholed just doing one thing. I need to do lots of things. Well, maybe you've got to start off by doing that one thing and really, really well. 
and then pivot to other stuff. Would, would you agree with that? Yeah. When someone says, I don't want to be pigeonholed, you're basically saying, I don't want to be known for being really good at one thing. Okay. Well, <laughs> yes. that's a first world problem because I don't really want to, you know, when I, I'm not going to think of you. If you're known for too many things, you're never going to pop up on my radar or in my mind. And that to me is a much bigger problem than being quote unquote pigeonholed. I think yeah. being pigeonholed is wonderful. It means that you have beat out other people when it comes to awareness being top of mind. That's what all of this is well, about. That is just golden stuff right there. You want to be thought of immediately when someone says, oh, I'm looking for help with X. Oh, there's only one person to go to. That's the person. Like, Phil's my branding guy. If I have a branding question, there's nobody on this planet I speak to except for Phil. That's it. It's as simple as that. But if Phil did lawn care tomorrow as well as 12 other things, then it kind of dilutes what Phil does. You want I think to- you bring something else interesting up, though, that actually I haven't really talked about. If I did do lawn care, you would, you would trust that mm-hmm. I would do lawn care well. I think you might be confused at first. You'd be like, why is he doing that? But there would be some interest in, in intrigue around why, and you would trust that that's something I would do well because of my reputation and because I did that first thing well. So anyone who's a generalist or or interested in going in a lot of different directions, that should underscore the importance of picking one, prioritizing one, because there's, I'm, I'm not saying you can't do those things later. I'm saying you can do those things later more successfully by doing one thing first. How, how does branding help me do that? I mean, what do I need to do? I've thought about my long-term goals. I know what I want to be. I know what I'm going to pivot to later on. Now, should I look at a logo? Should I look at my images? What, what's, what's my visual kind of representation of that? How do I translate that? Yeah, you need to create a system. All of this is about systems, and that includes your visuals. So... Um, I mean, that's why I do professionally. That's why I do for companies and people that hire me. That's what my company does. But, um, you know, if you're smaller getting started, there's no reason you can't do this yourself. It's Google Canva brand guide, I think it is, or they have like a brand board template. And basically your brand identity should be your logo. Or if you're not, you know, sure how to design a logo for now, just put your name in a, in a great font um, you know, choose some typography that works web and print. Google fonts are free. If you use mm-hmm. a site like Squarespace, they partner with Typekit to allow you to use Typekit fonts. Or if you have an Adobe subscription, you can use Typekit. You've got some amazing options available to you. Just spend time finding something that looks really awesome until you can build out a full logo. But you need, you know, your brand identity. This is made up of obviously your name, so your logo, um, your colors, Decide on some colors, not too many. Stick with them. Your graphics, mm-hmm. all the, the, the web and print collateral, so your business cards, or maybe you have a little set, uh, a little, you know, behind your desk, you have your, your logo, your name hanging for when you do Skype interviews or videos, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. thinking about online, in person. Um, and then uh, that's pretty much it. Usually we also look at like, your sub brands. So those are the elements of your brand that are interesting and make you unique. I travel all the time. So I have a, actually have a custom icon for every city that I spend time in. 
and it's in my email signature on my website. I'm also creating city guides. People always ask me, what should I do when I go to Medellin, Colombia, or when I'm in Stockholm, mm -hmm. Sweden, or if I'm in Mexico City? And I got a whole list of things okay. that you should do. And that's something great to put on Pinterest, you know, or just have online. Um, and so, so travel is a sub-brand for me. Even the system that I, that, or I should say the process that I mentioned in the first question, position, build, promote, I have custom icons for each one of those. So that's kind of taking your brand a step further. Use a, use a site like The Noun Project, which with a basic subscription allows you to use millions of icons uh, without having to attribute them. Um, you know, so, so think about, so search a sub brand, what are the specific processes or elements of your brand, uh, packages or products, um, that make you interesting. And that's taking it all a step further. All these links I will have in the show notes in case you missed any of those, you can just go ahead and check it out. The non project. This is the first time I've heard of that one. So I'm again, love it. you know, humans love familiarity and routine. Um, how can we inject personality into everything we do so that it feels more familiar and exciting? That's what anyone who's had success on YouTube, they are masters at that. They are masters in keeping us coming back for more and wanting more and making us feel like we know you, even though honestly, we'll probably never meet you in real life. If we do, mm -hmm. great. But it's, it's that ability to recreate the in-person experience. So all of that is brand. Your logo is just not, it's, if someone says to me, I have this much money, what's the first thing I need to do? I need a logo, right? I go, no, you need to go get beautiful photos that speak to who you are and how you look today. I don't want a you know, profile photo from 1994. <laughs> I want something now because otherwise it feels like, you know, catfish. It's like, right. so... So photography, high quality visuals, put your name in a good font for now and call it a day until you make some money and can invest in a proper logo. People love that evolution as well. Don't yeah. feel like it needs to look, you know, amazing from the beginning. If I go back and look at my stuff from the first year that I started, I would cringe. But that's, <laughs> that's, that's, people love that evolution. So embrace it. Don't archive all your Instagram photos from when you first started. Not many people are going to scroll back that far anyways, but people love to see that evolution. Right, so don't, don't hide it. And people are part of your journey. So as we're kind of wrapping up as a brand, I mean, once we have this personal brand down, we've labeled our PDFs accordingly. We've, we, I mean, everything just simply seems to have just gelled beautifully together. Is that going to help us get more exposure, more brand deals? It's going to help people take you more seriously. So if you walk into a Gucci store or a Prada store, stuff isn't scattered everywhere and cluttered and dusty um, and disorganized, right? Or no one would buy. You, you, take, you take it seriously because it's been well thought out. In fact, even more than taking it seriously, you spend absurd amounts of money because that brand looks and feels, matches the perception and the expectation. So I just think wow. that humans shouldn't, it shouldn't be an exception from that. I don't care what you're selling. You need to think about the process start to finish from when you show up in real life to when you show up online. All of that helps you. You know, I have never, I've never spent money on putting myself or my brand out there and, and, and doing a hard sell. 
Most of my clients and my work and my speaking engagements come from referral or word of mouth. But my brand is very, has to be because that's my job. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's familiar and it's consistent and right. that's, you know, that's, that, and that's the power of it. So that's why I share this because if you can just stick with it and think through it and be thoughtful about every step of the way, then it will return for you. If you were starting out today and all you had was $100 in your pocket, what would you spend it on? I would. Uh, do I have a computer or no? Do I have a phone? You have a phone. I'll give you a phone. Okay, great. I have a phone. To be honest, um, I would make friends with a photographer to take headshots of me uh, for my social profiles and for my first few posts for Instagram. I'm not a great photographer and I couldn't do them myself. So I would make friends with someone that maybe I could help because they're going to charge more than $100. But mm-hmm. let's say I get them to do a favor for me. Um, I would hire a photographer. It's, that's what I'd spend every penny on. So it's that important. Yes. <laughs> okay. That was that. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, yes. Right. Now, the follow-up question to that, you're starting up from scratch, you have your phone, and now you have $1,000. What would you do now? Hmm. What would I do? Well, I would think about what are the tools that I need that are absolutely essential to make money, to make more money. So I wouldn't spend any money on something that isn't going to directly return for me in that immediate early stage. So when I actually think, it's funny you're asking me these questions because honestly, I had about that much money when I started. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the first things I did was hire a friend to take my headshots and people took me more seriously immediately. And that's why I say for your $100 question, $1,000 question, my first year of business, um, I hired a branding agency to brand me. So I invested that money in someone else's services that do exactly what I do. And what I got from that was more than just an end product. I got someone else's process. I got contracts. You know, I saw that they wow. actually sent contracts. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't even think of sending a contract. Now, of course, I have to at the level I'm doing business. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and you know what they said in that process, Leron, which was more than the logo, which I've since changed from when I hired them. They said to me, um, Phil, you're, get this, I called myself a social media designer. When I, when I started. Okay. So listen, I wasn't perfect from the beginning, but said, you're not a social media designer. You're a brand strategist. And that was that moment when I literally wow. changed my job title because they told me to, and you know, Google that. And I come up with, you know, on TV and CNN and Adweek and all these things. And so I invested in someone else's services uh, for, you know, for, for the research and for kind of that framework to be able to grow. And there's so many resources online, but that's what I would do with my thousand dollars. Just being very strategic, understanding people, understanding psychology, understanding behavior, and not overcomplicating stuff. It's sometimes it's just as simple as you just got to do. Where can people get a hold of you? People are going to be wanting to get a hold of you. Well, how do we do this? You told me to tell people one place. If I give them too many places, they won't go. Oh, he listens. He listens. I love it. (laughs) So um, I would tell people, well, I'm going to give them two places. I'm breaking the rules. But um, the podcast, I I have a podcast with my business partner, Lauren. And and so if you're listening to this, you like podcasts, then come hang out with us for a few episodes. It's called Brand Therapy. And we get someone on the phone for 20 minutes with a specific branding challenge 
and we walk through it and make sure we leave them with a solution uh, by the end of it. So we've had mayors in, of towns, we've had magicians, we've had consultants, students, unemployed people, all kinds of things. We've done over 50 episodes. So you can check that out. And then everything else is uh, philpallon.co. Um, I'm very active on Instagram. I'm on Twitter, a little less active than I used to be, but Instagram consumes most of my time. So philpallon.co if you want to look at some examples of brands that, that I've done that could inspire what you do next. And if you want to continue the conversation, find me on Instagram, at philpallon. So that was technically three, so I broke the rules. At least, you know, I <laughs> at least you said you listened, so that's good. <laughs> all the show notes will have all the links. I mean, I have to go back and listen to this and make copious amounts of notes one more time, but everything will be down in the show notes of this podcast episode. Phil, thank you very much uh, for taking time out of your day, your travel around the world. Yeah, and really, really appreciate for dropping some amazing, amazing knowledge and practical stuff, stuff that we have to think today and how you can be pigeonholed. You want to be known as the expert in your field. Use the tips that Phil has shared with us. Go look up at those resources. And as always, share this podcast episode with at least one more person. Pay it forward, and let's all work together. We are all a creator community after all. Phil, thank you one more time, and we'll talk to you soon. I love it. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tube Talk, brought to you by vidIQ. Head over to vidIQ.com slash Tube Talk for today's show notes and previous episodes. Enjoy the rest of your video making day.